Well, listen, today um, we have a treat um, to speak with us today, and I'm really excited about her sharing with us. Um, She's not exactly sure if she's excited um, because she said we might just, she might just sing her message to us. And I told her, I promised her that would be okay. If she changed her mind about talking and just wanted to sing to us, that that would be all right as well. But I know that the Lord has put something on her heart to share with us today. And so I just want to encourage you, just lean in and, and welcome Miss um, Megan Pittman to come and share with us today. Woohoo! I was hoping that intro would be longer so I could stay there. Ah, alas, it's not. Uh, that's the message. You don't get to stay where you are. Just kidding. That's not the message, but it'll be part of it. I don't know what to do standing up here instead of singing. Um, but Jesus, help me. Let my words be yours. Let me be out of the way. So that you can touch us today. Help Jesus. All right, church. I got a message for you. The word of the day is my title. Got a title? Go. FOMO. FOMO. If you don't know what FOMO is, let me read you a little definition. FOMO is the fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. The rest of that is fear to follow, and I'll make that make sense, hopefully within the next 20 minutes to two hours. Don't know. Um, FOMO, I'm going to read you a little definition from a super reputable source on the internet. Fear of missing out is the feeling of apprehension that one is not in the know, or that one is missing out on information, events, experiences, or life decisions that could make it make our lives better. That's what FOMO is, that's how it's defined. What we're going to talk today about, though, is we're going to break it down a little bit, and we'll start with the very first word there, and that first word is fear. Um, fear is not a good leader. Fear is a feeling, yes. It incites feeling in us, and it sometimes pushes us to do things that we might not do if we were not afraid. If we're talking about it as it, it is related to FOMO, what are we afraid of missing out on? If we think about it like our lives, am I afraid of missing out on something that everybody else is doing? Am I afraid of missing out on the inside scoop? And in other ways, am I afraid of missing out on meaningful conversations? Am I afraid of missing out on a fun experience or time with others that I love. Fear is free. You don't got to do anything to get it. It's one of those things that's kind of just available at all times, right? We can be afraid of anything if we really think about it hard enough. But fear keeps us locked into what if. What if I do do that thing? What if? What if I don't do the thing? What if? Fear is a paralyzer and does not leave room for active participation. So let's talk about how we get rid of it and then we'll move on from, from fear. First John 4.18 says, 
God's love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So to live in fear means that we don't fully understand yet the perfect love of God in our lives and in our hearts. Does this mean that fear will never come up? No. It doesn't mean that it will never come up. But this is our choice point. Do I live into that fear and let it be the thing that does not allow active participation that keeps me locked in? Or do I decide, no, I am loved. I am not fear. So to move away from being motivated by fear and living into love, um, here is a way that we can do that. Romans 5, 4 and 5 says, Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. This hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This is how we know. So the simple way to get rid of fear is just to endure. Super cool. Just endure. But it takes practice. It takes practice. Like I said, is fear going to not come up? No, it's not going to not come up. But what do we do with that? Well, we allow ourselves the opportunity to be led by the Spirit enough that we have endurance because we have experience. Y'all ready for a Christmas story? Okay, Christmas story. It's um, 24 weeks until Christmas. Let me hear your, uh, everybody's like, huh, why'd you do that? Me and Hobby Lobby, we're excited. Um, so 24 weeks to Christmas. When I was preparing for this message, so this is the um, series is uh, reflections on God's faithfulness, right? We sang all about that this morning. Great is that faithfulness. Um, and I was thinking like, oh, okay, what am I supposed to do? I started praying about it. And honestly, like the first thing that I was thought about was like a Christmas story. And I was like, who, who is this? I'm testing the voice of the Lord. Like what? Okay. Um, but the purpose of these messages is to share with the church, like some testimonies from the, us, from people that are walking this thing out with you. And earlier this year, yep, um, in the women's gathering, the if gathering that we had earlier this year, um, it was a really wonderful time with some of the women in our church. If we do it again, I hope you can join us. But in that meeting, they challenged us to say, what is it that you need to give up and what is it that you need to pick up moving forward in your life? as you are following after God. And um, they gave us a little flag. I don't have it with me, but come with me on a journey. It's a little flag. On one side of the flag is the thing that you want to give up, and on the other side of the flag is the thing that you want to pick up. What am I going to replace this lie in my life with? And the things that I wrote on that flag, on one side, the thing I wanted to give up, I wrote fear. 
Now, when I was writing that down, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Am I, am I afraid? I don't know. Maybe. Then I think about being afraid, and then I can get afraid real fast, right? Because fear's free. Okay, so I wrote down fear. And I was like, what do you replace fear with? Now, I know the verse, John, 1 John 4, 18 says, perfect love casts out fear. That's how you get rid of it. But what else is there? And the thing I wrote down on the, to the antithesis of fear was obedience. Okay, I promised you a Christmas story. Here it is. This is the story about Simeon in Luke 2. Simeon was a man who lived in Jerusalem. The, the text says he was righteous and devout and eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God by saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. What does this story have to do with FOMO? Simeon, in another uh, version, that was, uh, I think, the New Living, yeah. In another version, it says Simeon, Simeon was an elderly man. Well, this is, that's about all we got about Simeon. And I Googled him, so there's not that much more about Simeon. And I was like, okay, um, listen up, Holy Spirit. If you want me to talk about Simeon, I need more information because this is all I've got. And Simeon, all we know is that he was obedient. What we know about Simeon is that he lived his life toward a promise. The Lord had spoken to him and said, you're not going to miss. You're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss the Messiah. You will not die until you see what I have promised you. So, Simeon couldn't have missed it. Because he continued to be surrendered to the Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was the one that revealed to him what to do. And the Holy Spirit was the one that said, today's the day, go to the temple. How do you suppose Simeon knew that, though? Because what else was Simeon doing every other day? Being like, hey, God, uh, yeah, you, uh, you promised me a thing. So, do I, what about today? And maybe I'm, I'm adding to this story a little bit maybe, but on a regular day, what was he doing? He's probably just going to work. He's probably just going to do his regular thing. He's going to the grocery store or whatever. He's going to get some pizza with his buds. Maybe not. But Simeon was living his life with the remembrance of promise. So, John Wilds is a, um, a, a worship leader, and I was listening to a podcast not long ago, and in the middle of it, he says, how can you miss a moment when you're in him, when you're in God? To say that you can miss a moment while in God says that God is bound by time. Is God bound by time? We know that about him, right? Okay, what else do we know about God? Psalm 90 says, from the beginning to end, you are God. A thousand years is like a day, just like a few night hours. 
That's one thing about God. He is not bound by time. He is not bound by the things that we are bound by. But our minds try to make sense of what he might be like. In Isaiah 55, 8, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. I feel like Simeon really understood this. Simeon was like, well, this is my promise. I'm going to go about my days living toward this promise. I'm not going to miss it. I have a little note, and I wrote the word geese on my notes. I'll tell you why I wrote the word geese. Um, Y'all know about geese, right? If I say goose, you see goose in your mind. You're like, ah, I know goose. Okay. We have a little pond behind our house, and um, when we moved there a couple years ago, there's geese like everywhere. We're like, we don't know geese. Well, there's geese, and they come and they go and they do whatever they want because that's what they do. And the other day, I had this realization that I have been living among these geese now for a couple of years since we moved to this new house, and I'm starting to know the geese. I see what they do. I see their behaviors. I know what they're doing, how they tuck their noses into their wing when they try to sleep on the pond, how they make messes in your yard and pluck up your grass. You know, we know about those things about geese. But this, this short little thing, you know, where God's like, hey, look at that. How would Simeon have known when to wait and when to move if he did not know who God was? If he did not know that God was not bound by time and that his timing would be right? Unless you're actually with someone, with God, understanding him and talking to him and reading his word, you're not going to know if it's time to move, if it's time to stay. So it's the Holy Spirit that led him. When we think about the Holy Spirit, do we think about uh, like a mystical cloud or do we think about fire? What do we think about? We think about the Holy Spirit. Or do we think about him really as our comfort and as our friend and as our leader? Our God is not bound by time, space, or emotion. Our finite minds try to put it into a box that makes sense to us about how God might behave and how he might direct us. But our God is bigger, greater, stronger, more kind, more loving, more merciful, and more just than you can actually comprehend. And you can actually try to make your mind believe he is more than that. So that's a great story and all, but what are we going to do? How are we going to be able to be like Simeon and live a life righteous and devout and eagerly waiting and know when it's time to hear the Holy Spirit? Well, back to the fruit of the Spirit. So my my notes say I'm going to meddle for a minute. Here I go. I'm going to start meddling now. We're going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit and following, right? Okay, so 
FOMO was fear of missing out. So I'm going to tell you about some things you're going to miss out on by following the Holy Spirit. You're going to miss out on some stuff, y'all. I'm going to tell you about them. All right, Galatians 5, 19 through 21 in the Passion Translation. The behavior of the self-life, that that is absent of the Holy Spirit, I added that, looks like this. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. The text says, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the realm of God? So where I'm going to meddle for a second is if you've this, these things that we talked about just here in the text, if any of those things you're like, huh, going to not, I can't do that. If you find any of those things particularly prickly on your inside, I would say, ask Holy Spirit about that and say, Holy Spirit, how am I using the freedom that is in me? Those are the things we're going to miss out on. If we are not following our flesh and are following the Holy Spirit. So if it's just those things that we're missing out on, why do we do them? Why do we not follow the Holy Spirit? Is it because we have the comfort of control over our own lives? Is it because of shame or pride or fear of rejection? Is it because of sin in our life that we are afraid to bring to God? Just as a real quick interjection to, about that, in Numbers, where it talks about the sacrifices that the Old Testament, or they had to bring all their sacrifices to atone for sin and to um, get peace in their, um, their tribes, the sin offering was the cheapest one. Whatever sin it is in, in your life, if there's sin in your life that you're like, I can't go to Jesus because sin. It was the cheapest one to get rid of. All they needed was a goat. Just one goat. The other offerings required so many more animals. Birds and more goats and more cows or whatever it was. They were much more expensive. The sin, getting the sin out of your way is easy. You got to want to though. You got to say, okay, I'm done with that and lay it down. Because just after that, skipping down a few verses, Galatians 5.24 says, Keep in mind that those who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life, all those things we just listed, was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. Our old ways are put to death. They are separated from you as soon as you say yes to Jesus. Will they crop up again? Will those thoughts come to you? Yes, probably so. But you get to remember whose you are. You get to remember, no, I already put all that to death, so that's not coming back. You used to behave a certain way and old patterns do rear their heads to make you think you're not actually a new creation or forgiven or worthy. That is a lie. 
You are forgiven. You are loved. You are worthy of love. And love casts out the fear that keeps us in the will of God. I'm not in my notes anymore. Stand by. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good note. Yep. I already said that. Great. Oh, yeah, I said that too. We have to take ownership over our decisions and decide not to listen to the whispers of our past. You can decide what you listen to. You get to choose. It's a process that requires active participation, which fear does not allow. Talked about that a few minutes ago. That builds up endurance with us because back to Romans. Mm -hmm. Yep. Endurance develops character. Character strengthens our hope. And faith is the substance of hope. You remember that in the text somewhere? Faith is the substance of hope. So if we can stop hoping, then we'll probably have a decrease in our faith. So the patterns that are in our lives, patterns of thought, patterns of action, they don't just happen like immediately. I will decide today to be powerful in every interaction. You can maybe decide that, and then somebody's going to come right along and make you be like, I don't feel powerful. You're going to have to make a choice. These things develop over time. So also are the fruits of the Spirit. So I think I'm done meddling now. We're going to move on to what we, what we are going to see in our lives when we say yes to the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are grown like fruit on a vine or on a tree. Y'all, we hear this all the time. The fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. Okay. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit all the time, and we, for some reason, like in my head, maybe it's different in yours. Maybe you've already figured this out, but I've got the microphone. Um, so the fruits, when we think about fruits, you think fruit of the Spirit is joy. Bah! I got joy. Does fruit come on a tree like that? I don't know what grade they teach this stuff in, in like science, but it's been a long time since I had to go through that thing, like the process of how a tree grows a thing or a vine grows a thing. But I got some watermelons in my backyard. And to watch the process of growing a fruit, it's taken a long time. I got these watermelons like this big right now. They've been out there for weeks. This is a process that we keep committing to over time to actually grow fruit. Can the Holy Spirit come in and, and just mess us all up and give us these things immediately? Yes, he can. But what will you gain if you're just given everything and don't have to go through some things to get the fruit that you need in your life? Thank you. So, fruit on a vine goes through a process. Some of the buds that pop up make it, and some of them don't. Some vines begin to sprout, but what if there's a drought, and they don't get the water they needed? Or what if they get uprooted and get pulled out? What happens then? They're not going to fruit. For fruit to grow in your life, you have to stay planted. 
You have to stay watered. The fruit has to stay in the process of being tapped in so that it can continue to grow. Staying is hard. The conditions are hard. Y'all have seen, like, we've gotten, like, I don't know, four minutes of sprinkles of rain over the last few weeks, and it's just hot. It's hard out there for a fruit. Guess what? It's hard in here for a fruit, too. It's hard in here to grow fruit of the Spirit that I want to see in my life. But the way that we do that is by staying in the water of the Word and staying in the soil of community. Yeah, the world's got better things for you. Better. Let me put that in air quotes. Better things for you that you might miss out on. Yeah, you might. But the Holy Spirit will not let you miss what he has for you if you will stay with him. So what do you want more? In Isaiah 55, later on from the time when God says, I don't think like you and my ways are not like yours. He says, the rain comes down and the snow comes down, but they come down to water the earth. And then they make the water, makes it bud and flourish so that there is seed to be sown and then bread to be eaten. Think about that process. It started with some snow that had to melt had to make some seed. Somebody had to plant that seed. Somebody had to harvest that thing. Somebody had to make that bread, and then somebody had to feed you that bread. It didn't just happen. We do love it when they bring us bread. Please bring me all the bread. Long bread, short bread, cheese bread, garlic bread, bread. Give me bread. But that bread went through a big old process to get to me, to feed me, to nourish me. God has a plan for the process. I wonder when that word was spoken to Simeon. In one of those other thing, other text uh, versions, it said he was elderly. I don't know what that means. I kind of feel elderly sometimes right now. And I know that as, you know, definitions go, it's probably not the case. But how old was he? We don't know. How long ago did he receive that word from the Lord? We don't know because God is not bound by time and it does not matter how old it was and how old he was because our God has bigger plans than we can try to figure out. Control is comfortable, but control is not peace. The words that God has spoken to you and to me, they will be fulfilled in our lives. Will we get to know when? No, we don't. No, we don't even get to understand what sometimes. doesn't always make sense. Did it make sense for Simeon to be like, well, I'm going to hang out here until I see a baby? Probably not. There's probably a lot of babies coming in and out of that in the busy temple as they had to come and do their ritual sacrifices. But you know what was really cool? That day when he went to the temple, how many other times have you been to the temple? A bunch of times, probably. And he was like, well, I feel like I'm going to the temple today. All right. And when he saw Jesus, he knew it was Jesus. He knew it was the promise. He knew it. 
I don't really think, you know, you see the paintings of Jesus. He got like a bright little halo baby like wrapped up with a little halo on him like, oh. He he was just a baby, y'all. Wrapped up in the stuff from the, the barn. Now, at this point, he was 40 days old, so he probably had bigger barn clothes, but. So, Simeon knew. How did he know? You already know the answer. Tell me how he knew. The Holy Spirit. Because he was surrendered to the Holy Spirit, he knew it when he saw it. He could be like, baby, baby, Jesus. He knew the promise when it came because he was already prepared for it by the Holy Spirit. Okay, i got to read you what the fruits really are. Where are they? Lindsay was like, those notes are tiny. Can you read those? I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh, I can. <laughs> oh, here they are. I think I messed this up, Morgan. I love you. Thanks for helping me. Um, Galatians 5, 19 through 23. This is the fruits in the Passion Translation. Y'all got it. We got them in a song form. We got them in all these other forms. This is what the Passion says. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you, say within me, within me is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Verse 25 says, if the spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. We back to meddling. Allow the spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. But just like Simeon, I really think he was just doing his regular old stuff every other day, y'all. You've got jobs to do. I got two jobs. Some of y'all got two jobs, three jobs, one job, no jobs. Whatever, Whatever they are. We have things that we have to do in our lives, but as simple as saying, yes, God, I surrender this to you. He'll lead us in the ways that we need to go. So because Simeon spent time with the Lord and was surrendered to the Holy Spirit, knew the voice of the Lord and the character of him, he was sure that he wouldn't miss out. So when I talked to you about the introduction here, I said uh, FOMO and I said fear to follow. And you might read that initially like, yeah, I'm afraid to follow. Uh Uh-huh, I am. Yeah. Me too, sometimes, because it's really full of mystery often. But what I actually want to do with that fear to follow is to change that definition. I told you FOMO was fear of missing out. If I follow God, I might miss out on some cool stuff. I might miss out on some of them spicy things from back in Galatians. But if I do follow the Spirit, then I'm going to be right where I need to be. So I want to change that definition from fear of missing out to follow or miss out. Follow the Holy Spirit or you're going to miss out. 
Matthew 6, 33, you all know this one. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything that you need will be given to you. I told you earlier that fear can incite feeling in us, right? Does faith incite a, a feeling like that you're really, um, that you can really bring to mind like, oh, I got faith. Got a little song in my head. I got faith. Faith doesn't really do that same thing because guess what? Faith is not a feeling. Faith ain't a feeling. Faith is an action. Now, feelings are easier to follow because we like to feel things and know we're doing it or, or be in the middle of it. Yeah, faith uh, doesn't really do that because it's faith and it is required of us to be an active participant in staying faithful. So, in um, Proverbs, I'm almost done. I don't know how many minutes. It hasn't been two hours. Yeah, yeah. In Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guarding our hearts, that sounds really good. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to guard it. I'm a guard. It's so good. Can't even Jesus get in here. Well, guarding our heart, we have to be led. Let me rephrase that. We're going to be led by something. We're going to be led by something. So whatever our yes is to is what's going to lead us. Is our yes to um, to the Holy Spirit? Is our yes to feeling good? Is our yes to pleasing other people? Is our yes to the opinions of other people? Is our yes to faithfulness, whatever that looks like? When I hear a message, sometimes I'm like, okay, that's a lot of really good words. Those are good thoughts. But what am I supposed to do? Tell me what to do. Y'all have heard this a thousand times, but all you got to do is say yes to Jesus. And then get to know him. Read his word and spend time with him and hear his voice and know why he wants you to talk about Christmas stories in July. Get to know him. That, that seems, again, like a phrase you've probably heard a thousand times. We will not miss what God has for us. No matter how much we're missing out there, wherever there is. We will not miss what he has for us if we are surrendered to him. Just by saying, yes, God, I believe that you will direct me. I believe that you will guide me. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you 
the path to take. Trust in the Lord with your whole heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Don't think that you have it all figured out. Seeking his will can be as simple as saying, help Jesus, show me. And he will show you the path to take. So on that day where Simeon had been waiting for however many years, or minutes, I don't know. Because he was surrendered and was trusting in the Lord to tell him, even though it wasn't going to make sense. Like, I don't know what to do, but I'm surrendered to you. You seek him in everything, and he will show you the path to take. You got to follow or you're going to miss out. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to close. Holy Spirit, you are constantly leading and guiding and directing us. Give us ears to hear, God. Give us eyes to see what you have for us. Church, if you have not said, yes, Holy Spirit, I want to follow you, I invite you to say it in your heart or with your mouth today. Yes, Holy Spirit. God, would you right now saturate this place with your love that casts out fear? That your love would melt away indecision. That your love would melt away fear of commitment. That your love would melt away fear of rejection. That you would give us glimpses, God, of how it feels to be at rest in your love. God, you are good. You are great. You are higher than us. Your ways we can't even imagine. But Holy Spirit, you have promised that you will lead and guide us. So over, over each person here and those online, I speak love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control these seeds that were planted, Father, you will remind us to tend to through the water of your word and through the soil of community that you will let these roots go deep and that fruits will grow in our lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your kindness to me and to our church. I bless your name today, God. In Jesus' name, amen.